0: Are you feeling a call to create something new for your community? Perhaps you want to write a book, start a podcast, organize a coalition, or launch a new business or ministry. Regardless of what you are being called to create, Faithonomics Doers Creative can help you clarify your vision and equip you with the education, resources, and community you need to bring your bold idea for good to life. I invite you to learn more about Faithonomics Doers Creative and consider joining the waitlist for our April 2024 launch by visiting faithonomics.com backslash creative, or by following the link in today's episode description. If you join the waitlist prior to April 1st, 2024, you will receive special early access to the platform and a priority discount code. Plus, one lucky waitlist member will receive a free annual membership, a $360 value. So what are you waiting for? The world needs your wild imagination. Let's embrace it together at faithonomics.com backslash creative. You are listening to the Faith Faithonomics Podcast, a podcast that celebrates the journeys of faith-inspired leaders who are reimagining ministry and vocation in creative and innovative ways. From authors and activists to entrepreneurs and social impact leaders, here we elevate the lived experiences and wisdom of faith-inspired doers brave enough to embrace their wild imagination. I am your host, Ray Slam. Let's get inspired together. Welcome back, friends. Today in the guest chair, we welcome Bethany Leggett, the digital minister behind Back Row Bound, an Instagram-based ministry for single women in the church who have one foot out the door. That Grow Bound honors the blessing of singleness and helps women celebrate their voice and engage with their faith authentically. During today's conversation, Bethany shares what it is like to start a digital ministry and the wisdom that she has learned along the way. So without further ado, let's get started. Bethany, welcome to the Faithonomics podcast.
1: Thank you, Race. I'm really excited to chat with you
0: today. Yeah, I um I've been like ready to dive into a conversation with a digital creator and specifically someone who is doing ministry fully online, so I'm really excited about today's conversation around backroad bound and your vision and uh, what you're struggling with and and where you are in this journey. Um but first, before we kind of dive into uh back-row- I would love to kind of introduce our listeners to you, Bethany, the person uh, behind this project uh, first. So I wonder if you don't mind sharing a little bit about kind of who you are and your journey that led you to uh, thinking about Back Row Bound um, and, and bringing it to life.
1: Absolutely. I am always happy to talk about myself, just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's. Uh, I have a background in journalism. So I have, from um, when I was younger, always asked a lot of questions. And that wasn't always a safe thing to do in a faith place. Um, so I didn't ask a lot of questions in my faith until I was growing up. And I um, had some le- leadership opportunities in the churches that I was part of, and I loved it and realized that my voice was being asked into spaces that not everybody else was being asked into. And so I slowly started waking up and realizing asking questions was a good thing and a God-given thing or talent, shall I say. And so I wasn't sure what I was gonna do with it. I just knew that I wanted more questions answered if possible. So then I started talking to my good friend, Race, and got into dev school. <laughs> so that's where I got to really start asking bigger questions that I had never really thought that I could ask before, those questions that really sat deep in my soul. And what I was finding as uh, my background in journalism, and I did some freelance social media for different companies was where I was searching for answers and where I was really connecting with people was in the digital space. So I love in-person community. I'm not trying to say digital should replace in-person connection, but what I've really found the freedom and the humor that I need in my faith is in this online digital space. And so I've been investigating that, going further than I thought I could, putting together some skills that I've learned through my other... in journalism and in design and finding a path forward in this wonderfully beautiful digital space where you can be yourself and be authentically you and ask the big questions. And it turns out other people are asking those questions too. So the digital space is a really exciting place to be, but there are some challenges too, which I know we'll get into later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we will definitely get into. And um, thank you for uh, kind of bringing up our our connection, uh, how you cool. and I got connected. So um, if you are listening and you don't know this little uh, bit about my journey is um, uh, I served as the director of admissions and enrollment management at Wake Forest University School of Divinity for several years. Um, and Bethany was one of my recruits. Uh, and now I'm seeing Bethany kind of uh, uh, pros- uh, like journey her way through divinity school. And we're going to get to that in a second, how you are balancing all of this um, at the <laughs> same time. Um, but it's also really, um, it just brings me a lot of joy to to kind of see you bring this idea to life, uh, which is something that that's really exciting. And and just to know that I was a very small part of, of that journey to, to get you to this, this place, but um, well, well, thank you for um, sharing a little bit about that. And you, you brought up a, a lot of good points in there um, from, um, um, uh, the, the one quote, and I'm not going to say it correctly, but um, how asking questions was a God-given talent of yours. And I I just yes. love that. Um, so uh, I think you are right. A lot of us, especially coming from uh, more traditionally marginalized uh, communities, whether um, we're women in the church or LGBTQ folks in the church or persons of color in the church, we're told not to question. Um, that's like um, uh, a big part of, of church culture as well as in uh, in a lot of our traditions, is is not to question. Like, have faith and and not question. So I really appreciate right. you just lifting that up. Like, no, sometimes my talent that God gave me is to ask questions, and I really I, yeah,
1: that. I really um, start to see my spiritual gift as the investigator, uh, and that. that is that has helped alleviate some of the shame and alleviate some of the hesitancy that I've had previously to ask questions. Um, but what I found, like, curiosity is a good thing. Questions are good. That's where faith for me actually exists, is in the questions. It's not always in the answers.
0: And I believe that I see that coming through Back Row Bound. So to uh, help kind of ground our listeners into this ministry that you're cultivating, um, in your own words, how would you describe Back Row Bound to a complete stranger?
1: A complete stranger. Well, welcome, stranger slash friend. Um, I am so excited to have found a space that I'm hopefully offering others, but it, it is also a ministry for myself for single women, single women in the church who have one foot out the door for a variety of reasons. It could be because you've been silenced. It could be because you don't see anybody else in the leadership structure of your church or even in the pews that look like you or sound like you or have the same worries about life that you have. You may have been the one who went to church every day or at least every weekend. And as you grew up, you became the labor force of the church and they assumed your time and your talents were always available to the church because you haven't been married or now you're not married anymore. So we just honor the season of singleness, however short or long, permanent or non-permanent it is, but we see it as a blessing and we want to celebrate our voices on back row bound and engage with faith our way and learn about stories that we haven't been told in a way that uplifts women as movers and shakers in the church and those that we have our voices and we have a lot to
0: share. I um I've been following uh Backrow Bound on Instagram which is where you are hosting um this ministry okay. and um I've enjoyed just uh and I mean this goes back to the questions and and this being a talent but I I've enjoyed the questions that you have posed through some of your posts. Um and as soon as I read them, I I'm like, of course, like, of course, that's something that uh, like singles in the church struggle with or especially like uh, single women in the church struggle with. But it's uh, one of those things that uh, until you're kind of faced with it, you don't often think about it. So, for example, um, microaggressions um, singles (laughs) in the church or. if I'm like a single woman visiting a new church, where do I sit? You know, just kind of those are like very practical uh, questions and, and things to be aware of uh, that that I really um, uh, appreciate you lifting up. But my uh, kind of next question is, why Instagram? Uh, there's a lot of social media platforms out there. Um, you could also kind of do the website route. Um, you could have an in-person community. but But why did you land on Instagram as kind of the – foundation on which you wanted to start building this ministry?
1: I love Instagram because it's such a visual platform. And I think part of this ministry, what led me to this ministry was increased visibility. So for me, it was who's my tar- target audience, people like me, uh, women and those who identify as women in their millennial age range. Uh, maybe we've aged out of the youth group uh, <laughs> time. Are, but We are
0: squarely young adults now, Bethany. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we are younger adults-ish. Uh, but that seemed to be a form that I was using the most, that I was the most comfortable with I had done work for nonprofits and other Christian ministry groups, as well as just clients that are outside of ministry context on social media and Facebook and Instagram specifically, and Twitter. And Twitter is just not, I'm sorry, X is not a place I find a lot of joy in. So I was like, that's definitely not. For me, I applaud people who can do really big theological questions in 140 characters or less, but that's not me. I need, more <laughs> in the creative realm for that. So, Instagram is where I, I just felt most home and most able to exp- express the creativity that I wanted to share visually. And it also gives you a chance to do audio. And um, there's then the algorithm that you can look at and boost posts. And that's just where I felt more of my business mind and my creative mind came together, was woven together in Instagram. But I am building a website. Thanks to some of the classes I've had and discussions with other content creators, it's become really important to understand the limits of having your creativity based on somebody else's platform that can one day if, you know, I'm creating a space for single women in the church online. Online is not always safe for women in general. So I have to be aware of that, that the platform that I'm using, Instagram is great, but there could be a day where I just get a lot of people angry at me and they flag my account and I lose access. So through conversations like that, I've become really focused on hopefully by the time I graduate in May I will have put the finishing touches on backrowbound.com and can have my website launched so it will mostly be an archive of content and still I can until I can start building curriculum straight on the blog there but it, I'll never give up Instagram Instagram's when I launched I do have a Facebook but it's not as driven it's it's really an Instagram first ministry. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been really nice to grow that way organically before I try other things.
0: Yeah. So you you said a lot of great things there. Um, and I want to kind of highlight a, a few of them. So, um, first off, um, it did not uh, pass me by that you did some research around who your target audience is. Um, and I think that's important uh, for any new business, whether you're you're trying to like um, become a social entrepreneur and, and launch a business, but any new ministry, a new nonprofit, a new podcast, whatever it is you're trying to launch, like figuring out who your target uh, audience is and, and getting clear around that and how you reach them is important. Um, and I think that's also kind of been something that that's helped you get back bound kind of um off the ground and running on, on Instagram. So I appreciate you just naming that um and, and letting folks know that it applies to everything. I know when I started Faithonomics, um I mean Bethany, I started on everything, right? I uh Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, threads, eggs, <laughs> and bless
1: you. That's really for
0: time. I'm like, oh wow. Okay. One. I as like a solo entrepreneur cannot do all of this and, and right. be active on all of these platforms, right? So I have slowly started to like tailor my content to really focusing like, um, uh, like Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Like those are my three main platforms, right? Um, and I, I wish you and I would have had this conversation about two years ago when I was trying to figure out. Oh yeah, I'm just going to be everywhere like everywhere someone looks like I'm I'm going to be there. Um but another thing you um you said that really stuck out to me is Instagram is where you felt most at home. And I love that because when I look at back row bound and um knowing that like I know you in in real life like we we attend the same church together. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I saw you kind of come through the admissions process at Wake 4 School of Divinity. Um when I look at Back Row Bound, it's it's like I see authentic Bethany. Like it, it's coming across as like, oh, this is definitely Bethany's ministry, right? Um and I think it has to do with this idea that you landed on a platform that you feel good in, right? And I think that's a good place for start. So if you're listening to this and uh, you're wondering like, oh, there's so many platforms out there, like where do I feel most at home? That could be the first platform that you start on. And just like uh, you're doing, Bethany, they may expand into websites and even other social media accounts, but starting where you feel good is -hmm. always a good place to start. So I just uh, uh, thank you for uh, uh, naming that. Um, So- My next question, um, recognizing that um, social media is a beast on its own, and I recognize you have some kind of background in, um, in all of this, but what has been the most challenging aspect of focusing this ministry on Instagram specifically?
1: It's been such a joy and such a challenge because social media, and especially with Instagram, if you're not producing content on any channel regularly, then you see all of your numbers drop, you know, your exposure is dropping, you're going to have to uh, boost a post again, and being in dev school and trying to finish this degree while w- working full time. I mean, I'm in six, six classes my last semester to finish while I'm working full time on the other side of campus. And my Instagram ministry, which is what I want to do after I graduate, which is where I have all my energy and all of my joy. And it's so soul fulfilling. And yet it gets keep it keeps getting pushed down the to-do list. And I think that's been really important for me to learn how intentional I have to be with ministry. And I'm sure anybody going into any type of ministry has this moment in their career starting off where you have to find that that desire matching the ability to get things done. Like, I don't want to call it work-life balance, but I want to say it's that joy to reality ratio where you have the joy, you have the desire, you know what you want to do, but then you actually have to go get the video filmed Mm -hmm. and you have to write the sermon and you have to even if it's just a caption, it's it may only be a sentence or two, but I want to make sure those words count. I mean, on Instagram, brevity is king, and yet you need to convey a lot in such a short amount of time. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that doesn't necessarily translate into the length of a video or reel or how many slides you have in a post. And so there's where the rubber meets the road. You have to build in and be disciplined enough in your ministry, especially when you don't have a congregational setting to kind of hold you accountable into that weekly routine. I don't have to post on Sunday mornings, just like my friends who give sermons have to get up on Sunday mornings to give one. You know, there is my own freedom, which I love, but it also can kind of slip down through the everyday miasma and you have to find ways to reignite that discipline along with the desire to get it done.
0: Mm. So you um you that that discipline is key and you you brought this up and it leads perfectly into my next question. So you are a full-time student, six classes, your final semester. That is not um that's not a light course load, right? So you, so you have yeah. a lot going on right now, and also, um, and you you mentioned it, you also work full time, right? So you're a full time student, um, a full time employee, and this is kind of uh, what you are doing on on top of all that how do you practice self-care? Like like, what's some ways that you um, are intentional about fostering your own spirituality and creativity to make sure that you just do not burn out before this ministry ever gets off the ground?
1: I so appreciate that question because I don't think we have a lot of conversations that happen where self-care is seen as a blessing to give yourself. I think in our society, it is so easy to go, go, go all the time. And that's what you're expected to do. One thing about being a single woman that I love about my life is that I have the ability to set my schedule for the day. Yes, there are classes I have to attend, meetings that I have to attend, large projects that I'm leading. And that's all very exciting. But if I don't have anything in my tank at the end of the day, I'm not doing the homework. I'm not setting up for the next day. I also am not eating well, you know, the whole chain reaction Mm -hmm. happens. And so there are definitely days where it is a peanut butter and crackers kind of dinner night that is still happening, my friends, for sure. But I also this third year of div school has really taught me to be more attentive to how I'm actually feeling and not just pushing through. If I am feeling tired, if my eyes just stop working at 11 p.m. at night, we're calling it. That's it. That's what we got done today. And that is good enough because we are made to be good and we are made in God's image. And to me, that used to mean that we had to be perfect or close to perfect as we could be without being Jesus and, you know, big theological stuff. But (laughs) what I've really come to learn is. The passages in the Bible that I really connect with are like when God's walking in the garden, when Jesus needs a moment away from the disciples to just be like, guys, I just need a moment. And then the ministry can continue. And then the good news can be shared. So there's these quiet pauses that we often overlook because they're not active. They're not fun. They're not the jazz hands, Jesus. but. They are so important. So I've actually started to look at my quiet time, whether it's journaling or meditation. I'm a huge fan of meditation. I like me a candle cooking night where I just, you know, I have a Spotify playlist on, I'm cooking dinner. I have the ambiance of just being calm in my space for a couple of hours is enough of a reset for me right now. Now, I am very much looking forward to this degree being done because I will be so excited because I'll have more time on my hands, but also I'm a little terrified because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have more time on my hands. What will I do with it? So I'm starting to think, okay, let's practice what we preach here. Let's have more self-care moments, but also let's see what that space, that self-care gives us leads to creatively.
0: I love that and um appreciate you um naming it with with real kind of uh, theological examples from your, uh, our Christian our shared Christian tradition yes. here um and I I think that's this is one of the things faith is really trying to be intentional about um in our work with faith leaders is that, you know, we are here to help you embrace your calling, whatever that may be. Um, But we are not the organization that is going to allow you to sacrifice your personal or financial well-being as a result of your call. Um, We really believe there's this toxic theology going around, vocation, that, um, like, God calls us to ministry and we're we're almost like suffer like suffering as a result of it, right? Like we have to right. um um give up certain um enjoyments in life in order to follow God's call and it's, it's just like, that's not necessarily good theology, right? Um, that that no. God does want us to flourish and and thrive. And um, it just kind of reminds me of uh, uh, the teachings we find in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, where this guy is on the hunt uh, to try and figure out the purpose of life. And ultimately, after searching his entire life, he comes to the conclusion that God just wants us to um, be able to eat, drink, and find enjoyment in our toll, right? So um, I really Absolutely. appreciate you. um uh naming that self-care is such an important aspect for um faith leaders whether you are established or aspiring wherever you are on your journey um if you're not practicing self-care like you're you're just not setting yourself up for long-term success so i'm happy to hear that uh bethany and um also just know that after graduation um it is going going to be a little bit of an adjustment um if you're like me you'll you'll suddenly have a lot of time on your hands um And then that will freak you out. So then you take on a lot of obligations to fill up that time. Um, And then you're like, wait a second, why am I doing this to myself? And then you slowly start to find your balance. So it's going to be a little bit of a journey, but um, I know you will. Um, You'll get there. Uh, Well, speaking of graduation, uh, you mentioned um, kind of row bound being the next step uh, for you, it's kind of what you uh, want to grow and see yourself kind of leaning into um, more robustly uh, following um, graduating uh, seminary. Um, so what is the ultimate goal with with back grow, back row bound? I know earlier you mentioned um, on on your website you host to start or you hope to start hosting curriculum and, and things like that. like like what what's going to be the services this ministry offers to folks?
1: Yeah, and that's where I probably am, like you, race, and thinking I should do everything because <laughs> I want to do so much with it, um, and it's really exciting. But you know, from a small mustard seed grows a lot, so let's just start with the seed. Uh, so what really excites me is learning stories from a new framework that I wasn't given in church settings when I was growing up. Um, that I've learned in dip school. So I don't want to make everybody go to dip school. You're not going to have to know Greek to read back bound curriculum or anything like that, but really focus on women and stories that redeem women in a way that they haven't been taught that way before. I love listening and I I love content because I, I love hearing from other people's content too. And the podcasts and the shows, and I follow a bunch of women on Instagram who are retelling stories in a really liberative, theological way. And so I'm hoping Back Bound takes some of that lens, that liberative feminist theological lens and offers curriculum about Mary of Bethany. I've already done a series on Instagram about Eve, just redeeming her and looking at the Bible as a tool that we can, we can return to and see something new in So there will be curricular elements to it. I really like what the Bible for normal people um, channel does on Facebook and Instagram. They are fantastic. Pete ends a whole bunch of people are involved with the, the group, the Bible for normal people. And I really enjoy how they are doing things. And so I'm kind of looking at what could a one woman show with a bent towards singleness actually achieve in this space. So it, May not be giant books of curriculum, but little episodes on different female figures of the Bible would be great. I'm kind of doing that already at Background Bound. And then writing. I was a writer, I was a journalist. I want to offer more liturgical writing, prayers from different perspectives within the Bible and within Christian tradition. I want to lean on our church mothers more and maybe have prayers that I really have connected with, such as some of the sayings of Julian of Norwich. But I'm also a tech girl. I like technology. And so I have created my own phone screen backgrounds that are super fun and lovely, but with sayings that mean something to me that are part of my prayer life or my meditation life. I've created some desktop backgrounds that are not the not the hallmark, I want to say, kind of um, storytelling. My sense of storytelling has a lot of humor and a little bit of irreverence in it. That's what I've really learned is I have to have some sass. I have to have some ability to talk back with the text and with Jesus. And I think that's really cool because I find many biblical women do that too. So I want to convey that on the website through having a community that can talk to each other having downloads that they can keep on their phone that they can keep on their wallpaper their desktop wallpaper and just have that smart sassy christian life that does good work and does social justice in a way that invites conversations rather than shuts them down
0: mm-hmm.
1: but feels very real it's not being talked to it's being inviting people to talk with and so lots of overall thematic goals, <laughs> the website. Um, but yeah, it'll probably start with just a couple of blog posts and some fun little tech backgrounds that people can download if they want.
0: Nice. Well, like you said, um, from, a Mustard seed grows a lot, so let's start with the seed and and keep going uh, that direction. And um, I'm I'm sure you have already connected, but if you have not connected with uh, Kirby Jones, um, who uh, our listeners may remember was the first guest on the Faithonomics episode, who wrote the uh, poetry uh, collection Regenesis, breathing new life into the narratives of women in the Bible. Um, I just anticipate Bethany like this future collaboration between like uh, Kirby, a writing group, and and Back Row Bound. So. Um, if you haven't connected with Kirby, definitely um, um, start that conversation. Um,
1: I love that. I yeah. should definitely reach out to Kirby. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't spoken with Kirby since uh hooding ceremony last year, but there's so many within our own community here in Winston-Salem that have been given chances to show their writing in such beautiful ways. Kirby, one of them, I'm thinking of Maddie Jones. I've learned so much from Maddie and how, what's it like for her to be in a space and how can my channel help her channel grow with neurodivergence and the trans community and so many more overlaps with all of the people that we know. And I just love it.
0: Awesome. So, um, I have one final question before we kind of move into our lightning round, uh, fra- sure. uh phase, um, and of course, it would not be faithonomics if we did not talk about money a little bit. Um, And I'm curious if you could share with us kind of what starting a ministry on social media looks like financially, like recognizing that, you know, anyone can go and create a Instagram account and kind of get going. Um, Have you found this to be a fairly accessible way to start a ministry? Um, Are there any hidden costs outside of um, maybe like boosting a post or anything like that, that if someone else is considering getting on Instagram, they should consider? Um, Like, what can you share with us about kind of the, the financial realities of starting a ministry like this?
1: yeah and i th- thank you because i think a lot of people think it's just as easy as a couple of clicks and wow you have a channel that you can go live with at any time right and it's free and you can just do whatever you want and that's uh that's uh, an approach you could take if you wanted to i don't think it's a long-term approach <laughs> um there is an algorithm that is very real that will promote your. Um, posts and likes and exposure, you can tailor your accounts to just hit certain type of people. So if you really know your audience, you can really narrow in, which is really great from a business perspective. So you know, the eyeballs that you're boosting a post to are the ones that are meant to get your content. That's who you're talking to, right? So that's really helpful, but you do have to know how the actual platform works. You could spend $20 on a post and Yay, you got 400 people to look at it, but were they the people that most connect with what you're trying to say and what you're trying to grow? And so I think you just have to be more than just a consumer of social media to start a ministry on social media. You have to know the business side of it. it. You don't have to have a brick and mortar. That is true. You do not have to have a huge budget. It can be a very limited budget at first, but you will need to put some money down Whether it's boosting posts or having a logo created that is unique to you, thankfully, with Canva and a lot of other types of services, you can design your own. But even that, you'll probably need the pro account for. And it's something you're probably going to continue to need to use. If you don't know how to design your own posts, then you need to know how to design aesthetically pleasing, uh, you know, beautiful posts through Canva or some other type of technology or software program and that requires usually a subscription. So there's going to be some costs. There's going to be a cost if you go with a domain for your website. So that's going to be built into. So I I hesitate to tell anybody that it's a free way to do ministry because I don't really think there's any free way to do any kind of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um but you could definitely lose a lot of money if you just throw it throw things against the proverbial internet wall and hope they stick. There's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of people on Instagram and I'm I'm assuming TikTok and other platforms too that teach you how to be wise on that platform. So follow other content creators who are specifically gearing their businesses to that platform. And you can learn a lot from their videos and what they're doing and, and customize it for yourself. But I would say going into it, know in advance There are some upfront costs, even if it's not in the actual creation of the account itself, there's going to be some, some upfront costs. And secondly, that's not a bad thing. That's something, if you're putting money down on, then you are being serious about this. This is not going to be just a, whenever I feel like it, I will post something and send it out into the world. You're treating this as a business. You may not be going into the store environment or into an office. But you are treating this in a way that just flips your brain into okay, how do I do this effectively and how do I make sure that my joy and my goal is actually matching up to how it's being received? Mm. And some of that is in your control and some of that's not in your control in social media <laughs> but um, and I, I don't want to say you should put in all this effort and it will always work out because that is not true either. But what I will say is, it's great to have the, the desire for it, but if you want to treat it like a business, you need to treat it like a business.
0: Yes, thank you for that. Um, one of the things I always um, uh, tell the folks that I, I work with who are interested in starting something um, is go find other people who are doing this type of work and just follow them, right? If they, Absolutely. um, if you're wanting to start a ministry on Instagram, um, go to back row bound, follow it, and you'll start to learn like very naturally, but, uh, depending on what it is you're trying to cultivate, like maybe, um, if you are starting a new business and uh, you want to see how uh, another social entrepreneur is measuring their impact, like go to their website, see how they've uh, arranged everything, sign up for their email list, you know, things like that, because the more kind of exposure you get, the more it will also help you clarify what it is exactly uh, you're looking to do. So I I really appreciate naming that. Yes.
1: I really love like, just to spout off some people. I love Uh, Trip Fuller, Homebrewed Christianity. I think they're doing, he's doing phenomenal work in this digital space and he'll offer some free options for um, live streaming. And then there's a paid platform, same with Diana Butler Bass and with um, Nadia Bowles Weber and uh, Jackie Reese, who I love, the Marcella Project. She does a lot of great work around women's ministry. She has a free option and then a paid option for different levels of support Um, And so many people are doing this, and I'm starting to see the similarities between these ministries where they all have other jobs. They're doing this, I wouldn't say as a side gig, but um, in a world where we have to lead multiple lives. You have people who are already figuring out how to do their ministry, their goals in this kind of world. So, yes, be their consumer. Be what as an audience member i really liked that about this live stream where i found that really frustrating and the actual how they went about that and figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you i would say don't copy and paste but just like they tell writers if you're stuck read a book
0: mm-hmm. if you're
1: stuck on social media c- content and ministry go look at what some other social media content christian ministers or buddhist ministers i mean there's there's all kind of faith leaders on these platforms and you can learn from them in so
0: many ways. All right. Thank you, Bethany. So we are moving into our lightning round. Uh, so I gave you a heads up on yeah. what this is like. I'm going to, um, give you several questions in kind of a, a rapid fire manner. Um, and I want you to just say the first thing that comes uh, to mind. Are you ready? Okay.
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: All right. So first off, who is one non-famous faith leader that inspires you?
1: Dr. Jill Crenshaw at Wake Forest School of Divinity.
0: All right. I I think for those of us who um, are at week four, she is kind of famous, but uh, I recognize
1: all of our listeners (laughs) who
0: know who she is. Um, But um, Dr. Jill Crenshaw is is a phenomenal um, uh, professor, poet, uh, liturgist, uh, just wonderful. So if you ever have the opportunity to connect with her, she's definitely a good good person to connect. So that was a great answer. Um, All right. Question number two, what is one resource that you would point folks to who might be interested in starting their own digital ministry?
1: I would point them back to the Bible for Normal People on Facebook and Instagram. They're just doing so many good things in that space.
0: All right. Awesome. What is one non negotiable part of your daily routine? Coffee. Just straight fair. up, <laughs> very fair. <laughs> um, all right, so, um, I am really excited to ask you this question What is one social media platform that you <laughs> do not use? and give us I'm a little so, as to why. Um, I'm with this such one. a
1: millennial. Um, TikTok. I watch TikTok on Instagram, and th- I know I'm playing into that stereotype, but it's because my brain would be addicted to it, and I cannot handle it if I need to do other things throughout the day. So I prohibit TikTok for my own ability to interact with the world.
0: Okay, that that's very fair. Um, as uh, I, I don't know if you know this, Bethany, but TikTok on my personal um, social media, TikTok is actually my most popular account. I have more followers on TikTok oh, than I do on see, all. I other, don't know this. Um, all my other accounts uh, combined, <laughs> and the funny thing is, is like I'm this millennial who got on it late, but um, I think I'm just resonating with the other millennials who are on the platform. But I just, um, that I is love the videos.
1: Weird. I just yes. think I would love it too much.
0: Yes, um, and and the good thing is, you know, I, I cross post to instagram so the videos you're seeing on my instagram would also be the ones you're seeing on tiktok um, so um, you are you're still not missing anything in, in that capacity um all right so a final question if folks want to get in touch with you or back row bound how should they reach out where would you point them to
1: I know it's shocking, but I'm gonna tell you Instagram because <laughs> that's where I am right now. Uh BackrowBound is the name of the account on Instagram and Facebook. And pretty soon, I'm hoping, like I said, by May, I'll have backrowbound.com up. But I also have a Gmail account, so you can just email me at backrowbound at gmail.com.
0: All right. Awesome. And I will be sure to drop all of that information in the episode description. So if you are interested in uh, just uh, clicking and going straight to um, uh, Backroad Bounds Instagram or uh, sending uh, Bethany an email, you can find those details in the uh, episode description. So, all right, Bethany, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and sharing more about your dream and your vision uh, behind Backrow Bound, as well as your personal journey to this place. It truly has been a pleasure.
1: It's been so much, friend. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And if you are hearing this, thank you for listening and imagining new ways of doing ministry with us here at Faithonomics. You can connect with Faithonomics by visiting our website at www.faithonomics.com where you can also learn more about our Doers Creative set to launch in April of this year. And of course, you can find us on any of your favorite social media sites, uh, just search for Faithonomics. That being said, you heard me say earlier in today's episode, we are really start, starting to focus on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. So um, definitely follow us there above uh, anywhere else. Um, and once again, my name is Race Lamb, your host. And you can also connect with me on your favorite social media platforms at Race That is Race with a Y. And thank you again for listening to the Faithonomics podcast. Drop us a review. Share us with your community and be sure to come back next week ready to embrace your wild imagination. Peace.